Hello, Clinical Pros listeners. We are on to part two of our continued topic, recurrent pregnancy loss. If you haven't listened to part one, you got to go do that first, because in this episode, we're going to wrap up our clinical discussion on the heartbreaking condition of recurrent miscarriage. All right, team. Remember, in this session, which wraps up the topic, we're going to cover three main areas. The first is inherited thrombophilias. The second has to do with immunological influences, or is there any at all? And then the third has to do with the role of progesterone supplementation for this condition. Does it help? Well, let's get right to it. Let's talk about inherited thrombophilias in the recurrent miscarriage couple. Thrombophilia, of course, refers to an increased risk of developing venous thromboembolism, and it can be acquired or inherited. Common thrombophilias include factor V lighting mutation, prothrombin gene mutation, protein C deficiency, protein S deficiency, and antithrombin deficiency. Now, earlier associations between inherited thrombophilias and recurrent fetal loss have not been confirmed in subsequent prospective analysis, and a very recent review found no evidence that thromboprophylaxis actually improves pregnancy outcome. Moreover, a meta-analysis of eight trials involving over 400 patients with previous late defined as greater than 10 weeks or recurrent early loss found no benefit with low molecular weight heparin. Now, there is an ongoing trial called the Anticoagulants for Living Fetus, RCT, and this will hopefully give some extra guidance on low molecular weight heparin use with inherited thrombophilias and recurrent miscarriage. But here's the clinical pearl. For the present, it is not recommended that recurrent miscarriage patients be routinely screened for thrombophilia unless otherwise indicated like they have a prior history of venous thromboembolism. So once again, it is not recommended to screen for thrombophilia for recurrent miscarriage unless they have a prior VTE. They should also not be given antithrombotic prophylaxis just to try to increase pregnancy outcomes. In an attempt to ward off recurrent miscarriage, some have proposed the immunological theory, that is, that a woman's immune reaction right after conception attacks a developing embryo and causes recurrent pregnancy loss. Well, is this true? And are there any treatments that can help this? Well, the short answer is no. Glucocorticoid treatment has produced inconsistent results in recurrent miscarriage patients and can increase the risk of prematurity, oral facial clefts, gestational diabetes, and of course, hypertension. Now, a recent meta-analysis using strict criteria for defining unexplained recurrent miscarriage found no RCTs involving prednisone or prednisolone. Two recent meta-analyses of intravenous immunoglobulin use in recurrent miscarriage also found no evidence of improved life birth rates. Yeah, that's right. Some patients with recurrent miscarriage actually were subjected to intravenous immunoglobulin IVIG in an attempt to prevent miscarriage. That did not work. 
recent meta-analysis of allogenic lymphocyte immunotherapy. What is that? That's paternal lymphocyte infusion. Reported improved live birth rates in the treatment arm. However, hold on a minute, because these studies have been criticized for their low quality, low numbers of patients recruited, and the lack of consistency in the patient populations. So don't go offer your patients paternal lymphocyte infusions at this time. Finally, the available evidence from RCTs does not support the use of heparin and low-dose aspirin either alone or in combination as an attempt to prevent recurrent miscarriage unless the diagnosis has already been made of antiphospholipid syndrome. Now, it should be noted again that just giving a patient heparin as a way to improve pregnancy outcomes without a diagnosis of APS also has some bleeding risks. And of course, prolonged heparin use can be associated with osteopenia. So leave heparin and low-dose aspirin for the antiphospholipid syndrome, which we covered in part one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we have left the most controversial and the most unclear topic regarding recurrent miscarriage for last. And that has to do with the role of progesterone as a potential treatment for recurrent miscarriage. But does this work? Now, before we cover this, let me just lay out the facts very briefly as an overview. The data is all over the place, with some data showing efficacy and others showing absolute no effect. So why these conflicting points of data? Let's take a look. The progesterone in recurrent miscarriage trial called the PROMISE trial involved over 800 women with idiopathic recurrent miscarriage and they were randomized to receive either 400 milligrams of vaginal micronized progesterone twice daily or placebo. They started this treatment from the time of a positive pregnancy test all the way to 12 weeks. According to this large RCT, there was no difference between the two groups in miscarriage or life birth rates. So once again, according to this large RCT called the PROMISE trial, there was no difference in the rates of miscarriage. Now in contrast, another RCT involving 700 women also tested whether the same dose of vaginally administered natural progesterone would benefit unexplained recurrent miscarriage patients. But unlike the PROMISE trial, that trial commenced treatment in the luteal phase immediately after ovulation. Now, this was done after either ultrasound or LH kits showed ovulation and continued until after the first trimester. So remember, this trial, unlike the PROMISE trial, started not with a positive pregnancy test, but after ovulation. This trial found significantly lower miscarriage rates and higher live birth rates in the treated group. 
All right, so let's confuse the issue a little bit more. A meta-analysis of 10 RCTs, including the PROMISE trial, involved 1,500 women with idiopathic recurrent miscarriage evaluating the effects of natural and synthetic progesterone administered during the first trimester and commenced after pregnancy confirmation. Remember, that was the same design as the PROMISE trial. Lower miscarriage and higher live birth rates were found in the eight studies that used synthetic progesterones. However, the included studies spanned more than 60 years and multiple formulations, dosages, and administration routes were used, making it difficult to recommend any particular regimen. But it did show that if any type of progesterone may have an effect, according to this meta-analysis, it was a synthetic progesterone. So what do we know? Collectively, these data suggest that progesterone may be beneficial in unexplained recurrent miscarriage, but it looks like most of the value is done after ovulation, not after a positive pregnancy test. Obviously, recommending this kind of regimen to patients who have already experienced recurrent miscarriage can be even more stressful because they don't even know if they've conceived or not. That's why currently, according to European and American guidelines and consensus, currently the statement is as follows. All right, now before I say it, this is not my interpretation. This is the interpretation of European and American guidelines. So don't send me any emails because I know we like our progesterone. Here is the statement. As per the evidence-based recommendations and recent high-quality trials, European and American guidelines state that there is no role for progesterone supplementation to improve pregnancy outcome in otherwise unexplained recurrent pregnancy loss. All right, guys, there it is. We have wrapped up recurrent pregnancy loss in our mini two-part series. Recurrent miscarriage is heartbreaking. It's devastating for the couple. But it's important to remember that we have to follow high-quality, evidence-based recommendations to guide them appropriately. Above all, remember to have compassion, empathy, and understanding when handling cases of recurrent pregnancy loss. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.